We've got Linda Gorman on the line. Linda, how are you doing? Fine, thank you. How about yourself? Very good. Thank you. Uh, Linda is the uh, Director of Healthcare Policy over at the Independence Institute. And Linda, you just recently have done an op-ed regarding the Taxpayer Bill of Rights, which there are many movements out there. They're going to try to get rid of that. And the Taxpayer Bill of Rights is just about good manners. It says, hey, PBIs, politicians, bureaucrats, and interested parties, if you want to raise our taxes, incur debt, or keep our tax-free refunds above a very generous formula of inflation and population, you just have to ask us. But, Linda, you have another twist on this. You said the Taxpayer Bill of Rights helps keep the Medicaid growth industry in check. So uh, explain that to us, please. Well, Medicaid, um, people on Medicaid increase as as the economy gets worse because you lose your job, you become eligible for Medicaid, and, and you take it. And Medicaid providers get paid some fee usually regardless of whether somebody uses uh, medical care or not. So there's an incentive there to keep expanding the number of people who can be on Medicaid because you're expanding the payments, even though you may may not be expanding the amount of health care that you're giving out. So what happened was we've had a really strong economy, and the news has been great. And so lots of people have found jobs, and they're not on Medicaid anymore. Colorado Medicaid rolls dropped by almost 90,000 people, which is good news because, you know, you're better off not on Medicaid. You're better off with other arrangements. And... So state spending fell by um, a little bit over $1.1 billion, you know, 4.3%. The state didn't spend its total funding for fiscal year 2017-2018. So I, you just know that next year, next election, politicians who want to, you know, buy votes by promising to give free stuff are going to say, look, we didn't spend our total capacity. you got to get rid of Tabor because it's keeping us from doing what we need to do. But what Tabor is doing is keeping them from spending the, the, you know, sort of fiscal cushion that they're going to need in the next recession because then Medicaid rolls are going to grow again. So it provides for sustainable state spending is the way I like to think about it. Um, People in the legislature have this huge push to always spend money because everybody likes them if they spend money and everybody hates them if they don't spend money. So, you know, they have a tough time. Tabor helps keep, you know, a little bit of sanity there and saying, no, no, we just can't blame Tabor. It's good for legislators to be able to blame Tabor. Okay, now, Linda, you said that in the spending, there was a reduction of $1.1 billion, or 4.3%. Does that mean the state of Colorado has that money that they could spend on other things? Yeah. I mean, well, no, it wasn't appropriated. You know, the legislature has to appropriate it for things, Right. And so what basically happened is they appropriated a whole bunch of money from Medicaid that they ended up not spending. Um, now, they can keep it if it's below the Tabor limit, right? And they can keep it in the right. general fund and use it for, for other things. But if it's above the Tabor limit, they have to refund it. Um, and this tends to make head explode, heads explode because the notion of giving money back to the taxpayers is a very, <laughs> very difficult one if you're under constant pressure to spend more. Okay, well... We need to protect you know, them from themselves. 
So I think what I'm trying to figure out here is is uh, the I'm calling them now PBIs. I have a new name for them: politicians, bureaucrats, <laughs> and interested parties. And um, <laughs> I, I just call but it the PB- tax and spend coalition. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's the same thing. But uh, you know, it seems like transportation. When the PBIs talk about transportation, they're talking about uh, buses and trains and bike paths. When everyday people think about transportation, they think about the road that they ride on or, the, or drive on and, and the bridges that they cross so that they can get their kids to soccer practice, they can get to their jobs. And the, we continue to hear this, uh, this narrative that there's not enough money for transportation. So I'm trying to figure out, is would there have actually been an extra $1.1 billion they could have spent on transportation this year? Well, it was appropriated for Medicaid, so and I'm not sure what the laws are governing that kind of fund transfer. Um, okay. So uh, I don't know. But keep in mind that that's, that's part of the game, right, is you change the language to make people think that you're doing one thing, i.e. spending on roads, when actually what you're really doing is you know spending on buses and trains that nobody wants to ride. Um, although this year, you know, the state is going to start redoing I-70, which is going to be the most expensive road project going. So it's not like they're doing nothing. Um, but yeah, I mean, at least you know when you hear transportation, think about bike paths, not you know actual roads necessarily. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I have I a mean, the state running I, a uh, money losing bus operation, right? They're competing directly with Greyhound. Bus right, and bus staying and snow staying. Yeah. 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 So, so why should they compete with Greyhound? I mean, well, that's right. Why should we use money? government government dollars yeah. to possibly compete and put private enterprise out of business? But let's yeah. Let's go back over here to this important piece again. This is in Complete Colorado. This was um, August fifth that you put this out, and when the economy gets better, you're saying we had ninety thousand people that got off the Medicaid rolls. And that seems really good because that means people are becoming self-sufficient. There's dignity in work. But the tax and spin people, the PBIs, want to keep people on government dependency. And and they also want to continue to take more money out of our pockets. So they're going to use this, you said, to try to get rid of the Taxpayer Bill of Rights. Just explain that one more time, Linda, so I understand that. Well, it's it's whenever um, we've seen in the past, whenever the government runs a, a, sur- a surplus, they spend less than they allocated. Uh, people will, are, will always argue that there are all these these pressing needs that we need to have government involved in, and so we need to spend more money. And if Tabor restrains government from doing these very important things, then that, that's a bad thing. So historically, when they are running to get rid of Tabor, which is going to happen in November again. They'll say something like, oh, look, we didn't spend all the money we took in. This is wrong. People need our help. Get rid of Tabor. It's blocking the roadway. You know, um, uh-huh. you know okay. schools, whoever. Okay. So, so I just would like voters to be aware of this and that if you want to keep state funding sustainable, keep in mind that those Medicaid rolls are going to go back up, and you want to keep that fiscal capacity there to take care of government spending when there's a recession so you don't have a disaster like you did in 2011. 2010. Fantastic. Linda, you do such a great job on healthcare policy. Thank you so much. And again, this piece is at uh, Complete Colorado and just click on the uh, banner at the top and that'll get you uh, to all those different pieces. And Linda, right now yours is the second one down. So thanks so much. It is nice. 
One more thing, if you're on um, the web and you're looking for fiscal stuff about Colorado, take a look at the Tabor Yes uh, Coalition page. Just Google Tabor Yes. And we have a lot of little tiny financial things up that you can use to educate yourself on that. Okay, fantastic. That's Tabor Yes. So thanks, Linda Gorman.